0: Success. We are on. Welcome back for Season 2 of the From Mess to Success podcast, a podcast where we discover, explore and unpick people's From Mess to Success stories. I'm your host, Justin, founder of From Mess to Success Coaching, author of You're Fired, You're Hired, and I'm on a mission to share stories from people who have moved from their version of mess to their version of success, transforming their lives along the way. And today, we are joined by the fabulous Claire McCaskill, aka The Running Coach. Now, Claire is someone I've wanted to get onto the show from day one. Why? Because we share a common love for running, a common love for coaching, and we have made similar journeys from transferring from the corporate space to becoming the best versions of ourselves. Claire, welcome to the show. How are
1: you? Oh, what? an introduction (laughs) thank you oh i'm (laughs) delighted absolutely delighted to be um to have been asked to to join you on your podcast i'm really excited about this today
0: Good, it, it, it's good to see you, and I know um, we've been sort of like bouncing Texas for the last sort of yeah. six weeks, and we've been trying to connect. and We were gonna do it before Christmas, and then the big Covid world <laughs> has, 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 has come into play. So, how, how are you feeling now?
1: Uh, yes, I'm pretty much, um, <laughs> other than a very croaky voice, um, I'm pretty much there. So, yeah, I uh, unfortunately came back from Valencia after doing the marathon. We with covid which was my first time so um it was a bit of a shock to the system (laughs) i have to say i was a bit wiped out for a um well about five days and then started to improve but yeah i'm i'm back and other than a little croaky voice i think i'm there so yeah it was it was not a nice Place to be though.
0: <laughs> it's it's good to see you back. And it was really it was it was interesting because I've obviously had COVID last year in, in in I think it was yeah it was around June I had COVID and there was a text you sent me where you were like I've got COVID we're going to have to cancel this week can we do it next week and I was like oh you've got COVID but it hasn't sunk in yet you won't even be ready next week and I was looking at this text thinking bless her if they going to go through what I I've been through then there's no way we're doing this next week because as you said I think you know it's for me I was a similar it's five days and then afterwards it's the whole sort of yeah everything else that sort of follows so uh so yeah it was,
1: it was the um it was the brain fog uh... Total, just, you know, I actually, I actually did one client call during the middle of it because I thought, I think I was just, I think I'm indestructible half the time. So I just was, I was trying to plow on and I did a one client coaching call and I literally now don't know how I did it. And yeah, yeah the brain fog was in, was insane. So, I, I totally realized, I think by the end of that first week, the second week, there was no way that we were going to be able to yeah. do this because I just couldn't really think about what I was going to say or uh, anything I'd say or I'd, I'd lose, I'd lose concentration within the sentence. So yeah, yeah it was a bit of a, an eye opener for sure. But yeah, I, I mean, I just think, I think as runners and as athletes, we think we're, um, as I say that pretty indestructible yeah. sometimes. We think we're fit and healthy. And, and I mean, I wasn't underestimating. I wasn't thinking I was never going to get it, but I've avoided it for pretty much two years, yeah, and I think that too. probably yeah. probably probably helps where I live and things. But um, yeah, I've avoided it for so long, and then you just get that. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> the test the test went positive after two days. I did two oh. two tests, and they were both negative, and so I actually. Didn't think I'd got it for for a time there. I thought, well, this is just a bit of maybe uh, you know post marathon fatigue, and but it just didn't feel like that at all. I kind of knew, but anyway, yes, the test went positive, and that was that was me. That was the household in COVID. (laughs)
0: Wow, and you mentioned brain fog. I mean, you know, because I, I I had something you know feels similar. Yeah. I mean, is, is is that fully lifted now? Is that fully cleared? I mean, is that... I hope so. Okay, I hope so. Right. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what we'll we find out over the next uh, over the, in our in our time together over the next forty five minutes to an yeah. hour. So, <laughs> okay, brilliant. All right. So, what I thought, Claire, was let's let's dive straight in. Um, I'm a runner. I've yes. been a runner for uh, on and off uh, pretty much all of my life, apart from sort of, you know, those uh, late teens, early twenties sort of, sort of times when you know you're not you're not you're not doing anything <laughs> apart from apart from being down the pub and and you know what. But um, so you know, I'm a runner, and I've I've spent my, my, my father's a runner as well, and it's he's he's kind of it's always been sort of in and around the family so I've never felt I needed a running coach, right? Because for me, it's just like, you know, I'm just that, you know, give me a pair of trainers, give me a podcast, give me a long track and I'm I'm good to go. Why do I need a running coach?
1: (laughs) Oh, where do we start? Yeah, I mean, so everyone knows how to run, right? So, you know, you put one foot in front of the other and you run, you know, it's probably one of the easiest activities to do. You know, you just need a, a, you do need a decent pair of trainers, I will say that. But, you know, I think there's different, Types of, of clients and why people want a coach. Um, usually people come to me with a goal or an event or a race that they want to achieve. So anything from a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. And we've got probably two types of people, ones that want to finish the event and perhaps don't know where to start, or they've seen things online and that doesn't look quite right for them. Um, and so that. Type of person, I can guide them through the process. I can do it in a safe way. Um, They get the accountability of showing up when they need to show up. Um, They get the support. Um, Hopefully, make it fun because uh, running can be really lonely. Like especially if you're training for a big event, Um, and if you've got that running coach to actually. Talk to on WhatsApp and share how that runs gone and the good, the bad, the ugly. I think that is a real bonus for people. A real, you know, you, especially if it's a marathon. Like you get halfway through that yeah. training program and the fatigue sets in mentally and physically, and all of a sudden it doesn't feel such a good idea <laughs> to yeah. have
0: started yeah. this. Marathon. Yeah, the sign saw, the up feels good, and then yeah, yeah, everything else is yeah, 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 yeah. And
1: you know, and you've got that motivation at the start, haven't you? Like we all have, you know, I want to do this. I've signed up, I paid good money to do this, but in reality, it's a long process. And I I ask people for a minimum of four months, if possible to commit to Mm -hmm. me, because that's what I think it takes between especially starting from scratch or starting perhaps if you, if you're regularly doing like a five, 10 K, if you want to run a marathon, it probably it does take that long to then progress the training to that distance. So, So, yeah. So, and then I get other people that want to perhaps improve their times. or want to do personal bests like PBs um, and that training might be, will be slightly different. So we'll probably do a lot more specific um, uh, pace-based training. And again, it's just a way of that person being able to have some accountability for that. I kind of, give them my expertise and answer any questions. So, you know, there's a lot and I do it in a proper way. We talk about form and technique, strength and conditioning, all the things that underpin a good runner, you know, the sleep, the nutrition um, and kind of what cross training to focus on if necessary, whole heap of things.
0: and and this is the thing isn't it is that all the things that that underpin um and lead up to you know becoming a a a runner or or, or, you know achieving a marathon it's like the bits that no one wants to the stretching the the nutrition things all the things i'm just and i'm thinking about my own journey here all the things i don't want to do i just want to run and just want to sort of yeah yeah it's, it's kind of all those things that really make Sort of a, a successful runner is the right word?
1: Yeah, well, it allows you to run for longer. Um, if we look at all those things that underpin it by the stretching in particular and the strength and conditioning, it allows your body to then be able to run more consistently. And we're always aiming for that consistency. I mean, it's a big word, isn't it, that we always use, but it's so true in running. If we can get the consistency, it gives people the confidence, and then that confidence builds a strong mindset, which is also super important within the running environment. So I I bang on about consistency such a lot, and especially through the winter training, right? So if people are perhaps, you know, the weather's not so great, and the darker morning. And evenings. Um, we talk about still keeping the consistency, but ha- perhaps reducing those longer runs down to, you know, if you were doing like um a half marathon distance, we might then drop that down to a 10K. And it's I would rather clients get the consistency and keep the consistency than completely just go, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. So we talk about consistency a lot
0: yeah and it's a word that sort of now is really really close to my heart and the quote and I think I've said this before but the quote consistency is key I used to think was like so cheesy I used to think you know before becoming a coach and and going on my own own journey I I just thought yeah yeah I, I get it from an you know logical perspective or whatever or and then when you go on you know go on a coaching journey or just go on a journey of you know improving lifestyle or behaviors or or anything that you're trying to achieve it's now I now realize that out of if I was to pick a quote or pick a word that's probably like up there on number one right is this level of consistency in any sort of goal you're trying to achieve any change you're trying to make in your life I think it's so 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 important
1: yeah oh completely and um my my clients will know that I lo- also love trust the process and that is really interlinked with the consistency because there's days where you just don't want to get out of bed or go and do that session or it's raining or it's snowing or whatever it is and you've got to trust or it's too, or sometimes you might look at it and go oh my god I'm, I'm so I'm so tired today that I just that session ain't going to happen yeah. now there's a reason why that session's on the plan at that particular moment and what I ask my clients is to trust trust I would never give somebody I don't a session that i don't think they can do there's always a reason behind this why the session is on there so i ask them to trust the process and then if they trust the process they gain the consistency and it's, it goes hand in hand
0: yeah absolutely and, and i definitely if i was coming to you claire i'm sure one day i will i would need i would need to trust the process right because here's the thing you're you know, you're not there with me, right? I'm like, so I've, I've probably grew up like thinking a coach is like out on the track with me, and you know, running along that sort of beaten track at five a.m. in the morning, like you know. And obviously, when I was growing up and watching this stuff on TV or watching like that was what was happening. But in the world of sort of online coaching, and and you know, you're not with me, so
1: <laughs> I am, but I am. Yeah, you I am.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> but you are.
1: Okay, I'm in your pocket, so usually you know i i say about being pocket pals because i'm always there at the end of a whatsapp or a message and that's what um if you you know if you work with me that's what i give if people are willing to invest in me i invest in 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 my clients and their goals and objectives become mine you know i'm I'm fully invested in that and so you get me on a plate basically if you were with me and i am there with you you know it's to it is it is to be there and know that I've I've experienced everything that you're going to experience in that session or in that race. I've been there. I've, I'm experienced. So I know what, what these feelings feel like. And, you know, at the end of that session, pop me a WhatsApp, tell me how you feel because I want to know. Because yeah. it's not just about the stats either at the end of the day. It's about how do you feel? You're not going to run well every single day of your life. So you might have had a, in your mind, a rubbish session. But actually, if you look at the process and look at maybe the last two to three weeks of training we've had one maybe not so great session so we we start but our heads will focus on that session right we yeah, won't focus on course. the three weeks of blooming brilliant training that you've done <laughs> so i'm there to remind people of that i'm there to you know be that voice um and to help them like and the mindset is so important I've, i'll probably keep coming back to this but it's it's people can train but if they're not in the right mindset when we get to a race or in a, the right mindset when we do a toughy a more tough session then that's probably not gonna go so well because yeah. what we tell ourselves is so important yeah. like we our voice is, our voice is so loud we'll listen yeah. to it every day
0: Yeah, it's that, it's that sort of, yeah, it's the stories we tell ourselves, isn't it? And it's, it's that mindset, which is, which is, which is so, so important. So if I'm, let's, let's, let's paint the picture here. If I'm sort of training with you, Claire, and I've, you know, what does, what does that mindset piece look like? Is it that you're, you know, is it your we're going off feeling, oh, Claire, I've had a bad run, I've had a good run, or I'm not feeling this today, or this week I feel, how does, how does all this kind of time
1: Yeah, so um, we'll talk on WhatsApp, but we'll have a monthly or twice monthly session. So whatever the the client sort of buys into. Um, And on on those sessions, I will delve into that. So it's all about asking how they've been feeling, what went well, what could have gone better if, um, the key takeaways from those sessions. Um, And it's really getting the client to understand that, you know, not every session will go that well as well, you know. But... Mm -hmm majority of those sessions will. So it's trying to really um, highlight that these sessions are key. And I'll I'll perhaps go back and ask my clients to look back over their training plan, especially as we come up to a race. That's when really the mindset starts to shift for people because perhaps it's their first marathon or it's a marathon that they want to do a PB at. The head will start. We'll, we'll get a lot of negative, nervous chatter going on, and I've I've been there. I've experienced all this, so I understand how people feel. um And it's about channeling those feelings and nervous and into excitement. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is what you've been working for. You know, on the day of this event, you should you should want to stand there and be excited. And you've done all the hard work. The hard work is over. You've yeah. just got to execute. So yeah. we'll do a lot of talking around that. I. I tend to do um, or have done visualizations with people mm. on the week leading up to a race about how that race might feel, how how they're experiencing it. Um, certain clients have had particular moments of um, when they get to a certain period in a marathon, for example, like the wall. And yeah. they've, they're almost like now they know that this wall is going to come. And that's not the case. But we've worked around that and we've worked through a visualization of, okay, so if the wall does come, how are you going to approach that? What are you going to do? What are you going to say to yourself? How does it feel? What does it, what, what are the crowd doing? How does it smell? You know, I really dive into a lot of oh. kind of the nitty gritty and oh, it's great fun. Oh
0: <laughs> my God. No, I'm just, I'm loving this because I, this is super, super fascinating because I have just casted my mind back to the last marathon I run. Um, it was a London marathon and I kept, Reading about the war, right? Which is it's 18 miles, right? It will round that corner, it's, round it's nice. around that right. So I kept reading about the war, and so lo and behold, I'm um, I'm just, I think I've just gone over Tower Bridge and I'm running down into um, into Canary into Isle of Dogs Canary Wharf area and, I'm, and I know and I'm, because I've read so much about this, it's like right I'm I'm gonna hit the um, you know, I'm gonna hit the wall. i been reading so what happens? I hit the wall <laughs> and I've always felt and especially as I've like delved into this world of like psychology and mindset and stuff is if I never read about the wall, would it have actually happened? And who knows. And the thing for me is, and I don't think I've ever told anyone this, is it was the most embarrassing thing that ever happened because I was hitting the wall and I was coming down into Canary Wharf and somebody in the crowd was holding a sign up and the sign said... um, Tap the sign for a power high five to get you through some words around yeah. that, and I literally cut across the the, the road like Bambi. I high fived this sign to try and get some more energy because I had hit the wall, and I come and I just thought, if I'm on TV or anyone's filmed this, oh my god! and <laughs> So, yeah. so uh, but yeah, it was a, it was it was that point of oh my god because I'm reading about the war. I've now. Yeah. hit
1: yeah. Yeah, and did it work?
0: it worked yeah it worked <laughs> I got some energy and push through for that last uh, for that last six miles
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean the was an interesting one isn't it I mean a lot of it's to do with nutrition and and pacing and things and people not getting nutrition right but um it is I mean what we tell ourselves is just so important and um you know it's what I really like to do with the mindset stuff and with races like that is um reflect back and that's and that's the biggest learning so if somebody does have uh, in terms of the mindset piece if somebody does have a particularly disappointing result or event or didn't feel it actually went very well or hit the wall or whatever it is um allow them to have a few days of disappointment for sure but you know bounce back because that is exactly where all the learning is in that tough disappointing oh feeling of i didn't perform that's where the growth is and i have absolutely felt that myself like there have been a couple of key races where at the time it felt like my world had fallen apart like it's no exaggeration to say that because i'd put so much effort training um everything went on hold for a particular marathon i didn't perform to how i wanted wanted to and of course i was just devastated and um Mm. but actually on the back of that i have now i'm now at the level i'm at because of that one bad race you know and you can't let that one race define you
0: Mm. um
1: you've just got to use it as a springboard into right what can i learn from that what went right what went wrong what we're going to use now to make this or allow myself to use this sort of energy but use it in a positive way
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah and i think that's 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 super super powerful so okay um, so that's the mindset what's your i'm interested in your take on sort of running as a meditation as you know i hear a lot of you know and it was what used to work for me was using running to meditate right to be on that sort of lone wolf beaten track you know and just kind of um, and then since I started feeling it sort of probably like at the early days of my running it's then I think become a lot more talked about now and that people use this running as a form of meditation is that something that you hear a lot or comes into your sort of you know training or coaching Uh,
1: yeah not so much um, from clients particularly although they do Say that, you know, it gives them the headspace, and that, yeah, and that time, and that time for them is super important. And I, I, and especially during this winter, I've talked a lot about protecting that time, although it might be hard to get outside it's not just about the running session it's not about just getting fitter or you know losing weight or whatever that sort of goal is for you it's it's more than that it's more about it's the headspace that gives especially leading up to christmas you know everyone's busy everyone's like you know it's christmas family commitments work but that like whatever it is 30 40 50 minutes gives you i mean what When do we ever get that? If we just stayed at home, when do we ever get 30 to 50 minutes or an hour of time where there are no interruptions, no nothing, you're out, you know, you've immersed in this beautiful place wherever you live. And so I say, protect that, protect that time. Don't think of it as just, I've got to go out for my run session. Think of it, I'm allowing myself to have up to an hour of precious time for me especially yeah. in these busier times yeah. so kind of that's the meditative is that the right word yeah, side yeah. Of it. but yeah it's difficult for me to say um and yeah i mean i don't from my own point of view i i mean my preference is to be out on the hills and the trails and where i live in in beauty in the beautiful cairngorms is i'm very lucky i can literally go from my door and be on a hill within a couple of kilometers and I find that just totally, you know, if I've got anything wrong in, in my head, in my life, in my world, I'm yeah. out the door and I'm up a hill. And, you know, within 20 minutes, I'm I'm a new person. You know, it's just gives and thankfully and luckily, I should say, you know, I don't see that many people. So I am on my own um, and I can kind of immerse myself in the beauty of where I am. And I think that's the mindfulness side of it for me. And yeah. Yeah. what I hear from clients, it's that it's that time for themselves
0: and so when you when you race um is your preference similar to you know the environment that you're in with your home and training right where you're on your own there's not a lot of people around or you do you love this kind of aspect of a marathon where it's all bells and whistles and all sort of noise and singing dances because i've i've done both and i've got real sort of mixed views on what i prefer do do, do you know what i mean yeah so
1: there's a there's a place I think for both.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and uh, but my own preference would be um, so so it's different. So if I'm going for a marathon, where I'm if I go if I do a road marathon, I would usually be going for a PB to to better my time. Yeah. And my preference would be to um, I don't mind particularly crowds at the sort of start and finish, yeah. but when you're getting out into the main chunk of the course, it's just me, my head, and my trainers, right, yeah. and the road ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't listen to music. I don't listen, I don't have anything. I don't even carry my phone. It is literally what I'm wearing with my race bib and my trainers. And I am, I literally flick a switch and I'm so in the zone because that's what I've trained for. That's what I'm prepared for. And, um, and that doesn't work for everybody, but that's the way I like to race that particular distance. But then if, for example, um, I do a trail race, Again, I wouldn't wear music or anything, but I would be so... Because I'm not probably going for a time as such, I'm going for, like, a, you know, a, yeah. to finish the the, the actual event. And um, I'm, I'm just looking around, like, going, am I just the luckiest person in the world to be doing this? Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, uh, but saying that, I have done London Marathon three times. Um I have been passed at the finish line by an inflatable banana. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, um, when I was, I actually ran a PB on that particular year. And um, the, you know, when you get the email with the race photos yeah. and um, I'm like, yay, I got a PB. And then the, the banana is like, <laughs> there and I'm like no I'm not buying those <laughs>
0: yeah no oh my god that's yeah that's, that's brilliant so
1: yeah so you know there's, there's the places for it and I think you know I get um, you know I've coached quite a few people for the London Marathon and I would say more, more people say that they enjoy the crowds that they yeah. get they get a buzz from it they get especially in London because it's literally wall to wall from start to finish there's pretty much nowhere to hide
0: that's it
1: And you know what, it it does come down to whether you're having a good day or not. If you're having a good day, you don't mind those crowds. If you're having a particularly bad day, the last thing you want to hear is, Claire, get a move on or, you know you know keep yeah. running you were nearly there and it's still like yeah. five miles to go you're like yeah no.
0: No. no that was it I was you know I just I'm just my memories going back to when I did it and there was there was pain points and I'm I'm in pain and when I'm in pain right I'm I need I want to be on my own it's me versus me and I'm looking around I've got some reggae carnival bands like singing <laughs> out on the corner I'm like I got you know I got uh, you know and I'm just thinking oh get me out of here do you know what I mean. Whereas, if I'm on a, if I'm in pain and I'm on that beaten track, it's, I'm, I'm, it's me, the elements, and I'm, 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 fine. But yeah, you're right. I, I agree. I think there's a place for, yes. for both, for, for for everything. So, and another thing, you know, I always uh, through, you know, listening to countless podcasts over the years and stuff, and I always hear now it seems to be quite common that that running is a replacement for something else. Um, especially around sort of people with addictive personalities and stuff you, you know, and I don't know if this is, you know, these, these kind of people are just the sort of 1% or if this, this is a really kind of wider, wider mm-hmm. thing, you know, and obviously, and I wanted to get your sort of view on that. Do you see that in clients or does that not really kind of come across your radar or?
1: Um, can't say for sure whether it completely is a is a substitute but i mean i guess it is because uh, and i can guess i can only go on my own experience is that when i stopped drinking 4 years ago
0: yeah
1: i had far more time yeah um, and um, although i've always i've always been a runner and 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 competed etc i just you've got far more time to play with and you know so that gives you that and you've got more energy and you've got more vibrancy and you want to go out. You, you kind of you haven't got that jaded feel with the hangover, for example. Or, for example. And so you want to kind of be outside. Yeah. So I, I, think it, I think it comes with the time element. I was thinking about this and I think it's just you've got f- so much time. So what you're going to do with it. And if you're naturally like an outdoor person, then that, it could be anything. It could be walking. It could be outdoor. It could be biking. But yeah. I think you just would naturally spend your time doing the thing you love when you've got more time. Um, However, saying that, I think that there would definitely be some people that have used it as a substitute, but my own view on that is: is it a bad thing? Because you're only doing something positive.
0: Well, that's yourself. it. That's it. You know, that's it. And I don't. You know, we could sort of go. We could go deep into how addictive personalities work. And you know, are you are you are you always addicted to something in your life in some shape or form? Who who knows? But I, I totally agree. I think if you are within reason, going to be addicted to something then it being a sort of positive thing is, is mm. obviously better than being a negative thing so whether it's yeah whether it's running or gym, you know, to, to, to a degree, obviously, you know, we can, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously I'm not qualified to talk about that word addiction, but that's just my personal view. And I, yeah. I, agree. I think it's, um, you know, it's putting that, and I, I, I also agree on the time thing. I think, yeah, you're, you're freeing up time, aren't you To Um, and you, you also freeing up energy and then you go and put that time and energy into something else. It's very similar with me. I think, you know, going alcohol free is, is when you go alcohol free, you, you don't think, sit down and go, right, I'm- gone alcohol free I'm going to have so much more time I'm going to have so much more creative brain space I'm going to be able to put my energy into that I think that part naturally happens I think it's like oh actually I'm not worrying or thinking or that doesn't serve me anymore so I've got yeah. all much more time and energy to do something else and you know and that yeah. naturally happens right
1: absolutely yeah I mean yeah d- definitely <laughs> I mean you just got yeah. I mean I started waking up at silly o'clock you know and, find, yeah. and finding oh ok Is this what happened? There's two, there is two five o'clocks in the day, in the day,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah, and it's 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 yeah, it's so powerful. You start to sort of you know that go into then using that time, becoming more productive, becoming more creative, and yeah, it's kind of it just opens up, yeah, that whole uh, and I'm a massive advocate of that 5 a.m. stuff. I was kind of, um, I think for me, there was a guy called Robin Sharma talking about it sort of 10 years ago and stuff, and um, and that's when I started sort of dabbling with it, and it was it was was really powerful um i think it's now become into a sort of real mainstream thing but there's there is mm. power in that sort of those, those morning hours so uh so yeah so absolutely okay i think what a point to go back to the beginning claire so i okay. want to sort cool. of you know, looking at your bio and looking at um, your sort of past, something that really, really stood out for me was that um, you mentioned being glued to the TV screen at nine months old when when running came on. So I, I saw this and I was like, oh, my God, I ne- we need to talk about this. So, uh, yeah, so paint me the picture.
1: Okay. Um, so I started walking at nine months old, which I, <laughs> I'm told is very early. So I think I was always born to to move um and i'm not quite sure it was at nine months old but it was when i was very young i um my mom and dad always used to have the london marathon on it was a an absolute staple in our uh, household and um you know i would be at the screen apparently like sort of you know tapping at the screen and as i and i do remember this as i got a bit older you know saying one day i'm gonna run that And, you know, that's probably one, one of my earliest memories of kind of, you know, being, I mean, I didn't understand what it was, you know, but I remember just thinking that I want to be involved. What are these people doing? I want to be involved in this. And my dad was a runner, not competitively, not, he did it from a, you know, health and weight, you know, the the usual weight loss and keeping fit and healthy. And I just saw my dad running as well. And was like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be part of that. I wanna I want, to, I want yeah. whatever that's that is, please. So yeah, from a very early age and my mum was always like, Yeah, that's the, the London marathon, it's gonna happen. So And it did. Yeah.
0: It and in terms of just how old were you when you first run the London Marathon? Were you a, were you a similar age to the age your dad was running or was there a difference? Because that's the sort no. of no,
1: no, no, I was so I didn't do my first marathon until 2009, which was the right. Edinburgh Marathon. So right. um, although running has always been part of my life, yeah. I didn't really get um, sort of serious, you know, distance wise until... Um, I moved to Aberdeen, so we're jumping yeah. about a bit, but, um, yeah. um, yeah, so I did my first, um, marathon and it was Edinburgh in 2009. And then I got into the London marathon, uh, My first one was 2011, Um, but I actually, I was actually injured and I'm not advocating this at all. I knew that there was something wrong, but I didn't know quite how (laughs) serious it was, but because I got into the London marathon and it's all that big thing about doing London, um, I actually ran it. Injured, and afterwards, I it got worse, and um, I actually found out I got a stress fracture. So I actually right. ran the London Marathon with a stress wow. fracture, which I do not, absolutely not, <laughs> recommend. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've learned a lot from that as well. So um, yeah, it was uh, my kind of marathons came later, but when I was younger, I mean, I ran with my dad. There was a local race. I'm, I'm from Birmingham originally, so from yeah. Midlands and um, my dad used to, there's, there's a place called Sutton Park. And they used to have this local fun run yeah. Now, in my head. I was talking to my dad when I knew I was coming on the podcast, I thought I'd better get my sort of stats and facts. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Dad, like how tell me about this. When did I, I'm sure I ran this with you. Yes, you did. We can't work out exactly the year, but we think I was about 11 or 12 Yeah, and, um, I was always under the impression it was a 10 mile fun, like fun run. But when I Googled it and looked it up, it came up as an eight mile fun run. So whether it's eight or 10, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. But at the age kind of 11, 12, I did that with my dad. And that was my, my first memory of actually running was, was yeah. kind of in that. Yeah. Um, I was always really active at school. I was always the one that wanted to, peer was my favorite um, subject I, yeah. I was the only one i went to a, a girls school and i think i was the only girl that wanted to always have pe every day you know i was into rounders netball i was on the netball team and i, I just loved all sports you know it was yeah. just part and parcel of my life um yeah and so that was my first memory gosh
0: and then, uh, yeah, so it's almost like all this kind of, it's, it's going into your subconscious and it's, it's, it's not too dissimilar from, um, from um, I, it's about the same age. I, I went running with my dad and also did a fun run and I'm, I'm now thinking, I wonder what mileage that was. And well, we've actually got a really, uh, a photo of me finishing that, um, finishing that fun run with, with a friend of mine. So um, I'm gonna ask him. Um, so you go then sort of through uh, school, through college, through you, uni- Life, And then I think where it starts to get really, really interesting in terms of the essence of the podcast, this mess to success story is you, you know, you move into the corporate world and you spend a career or a journey in HR. How would you sort of frame that?
1: Yeah. So I actually, my university degree was um, human resource management and business um, at Keele. And um, I just found my way into that from college um it was kind of the only thing from college that really interested me in that mm. whole sort of standard this is what you're supposed to do kind of yeah. no no one ever mentioned sports me and i just didn't have the i don't know i just didn't go down that route. anyway so i ended up doing hr which i really enjoy well hr at uni but i really particularly loved recruitment yeah. So I when I left uni I um went to work for professional services so accountancy firms mainly and I did recruitment graduate recruitment um and then and then accountancy recruitment so um and then I moved about a bit, but basically I stayed in recruitment, did a little dabble into the whole HR bit, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy firing people for a start. I didn't enjoy the whole, oh. um, you know, um, processes of oh, grievances and all that. Yeah. It just wasn't, just wasn't me. Um, I liked being, I liked asking the questions. So this today is actually quite unusual because in my professional career, I've always been the one that's asked yeah. the questions and in coaching, Obviously, I'm usually asking the questions, so it's been a little bit... Um, I wondered how I'd feel, and I feel great. I love sharing, I love sharing. So anyway, um, yeah, so I was in recruitment and um, we moved to Aberdeen. Uh, we moved to the north-east of Scotland in 2006. And I moved jobs into the oil industry. So obviously that's quite big up here in the Northeast. And I had a job in recruitment, working for an oil firm. And at the time, just in terms of relationship with running, at that point when I moved to the to Aberdeen, that's when I really got into like the trail running. Because when I was down um in the midlands although mm-hmm. we lived in worcester and we lived in the city center we could and i could run on the canals which was lovely mm-hmm. like it wasn't yes it was off-road technically but it wasn't like off-road up here off-road yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so um that's where i really got into trail running so at the time i was still working in uh, recruitment but i was also getting a little bit more serious about the whole what i wanted to do with my running um and that's when i started to think about marathons um and then, basically, I—I I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think I'd known for a long time that I wasn't. It wasn't really my passion. Like, a, mm-hmm. as much as I did, I had a great career in recruitment. I had a lot of fun. Um, it was very much the, you know, work hard, play hard culture, which you know, alongside yeah. with the drinking, yeah. and. Um, But it just wasn't. I I just, I knew there was one day I woke up and I thought, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work in an office. I'm in a beautiful place. Um, And I, but I didn't know what to do. I literally, you know, that whole, I just, it dawned on me and I was thinking, I don't know what to do. kind of a couple more years went by and then I just in 2015 decided to retrain as a swimming teacher. Wow. <laughs> just, yeah, it was... And why, why
0: swimming? What was the what was the sort of, you know, what was,
1: the, um, what was the thought process? Okay, so from we moved from Aberdeen to a wee place called Ballater, which is where I live now. And yeah. um it's right by Balmoral, which people have heard about Ballater since the Queen has passed away. Yeah. Um and in Ballater itself there is a um A Hilton hotel Um, for a small place. It's got a Hilton hotel, but it's like a timeshare kind of place. Okay. And um, at that point, I'd recognised that I didn't want to be in recruitment anymore. So I actually got a job at their leisure. They've got like a pool and a small gym. I mean, it's it's not big, but it's just like this small hotel um, facility. And I basically started working there, just doing reception, just helping people, but just. That was my first kind of step into being in the sports industry if you want i wanted to do something different and i i just didn't know what to do so i was like right local job it's up the road you know there is and i remember one day i was stood looking through the window at the pool and the teacher was teaching the school kids after school and i just went that's what i want to do so immediately went home how do i do this Looked at the courses, what I needed to do, book myself on. had to go back to Aberdeen the next, uh, you know, they're not all the time. So I think it was in within four or five months. I basically did um, my uh, swim teacher qualification and then I got a job at the local school, which is a uh, senior school, which has got a pool um, 10 miles away. And I t- taught swimming
0: there. And I mean, and it's like, wow, I mean, and you've, you've painted it being um, a sort of seamless journey. Um, <laughs> no. Is there, I mean, was it a sort of big decision stepping away from that that sort of recruitment corporate lifestyle? Or was it, did it feel natural? Was there any sort of, you know, real lows or sort of, I mean, you, you said, you know, a point where you just didn't want to do it anymore, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was yeah. It wasn't like a oh, I woke up and did it. It was there was definitely yeah. like a few years in between all this, That's right. and right. you know, and and um, but I, I just sort of sk- skimming through it. And and where we live now is is quite remote. So it, yeah, the good thing about that was that really there is no office job for me to go and do. And at the time, remember yeah. back, there was no, there was no Zoom or no online working yeah. at that point. And um, so for me, it was a really I think it was a, a great thing because it meant that it helped. It was like a k- bit of a kick to go, yeah. right, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of, and I was instrumental in us moving out here. We wanted to be in the country. We wanted to be near the sort of yeah. Yeah. Um, trails and walking and running and things. So that was, and I wanted to be immersed in the community as well. You know, I wanted to, We just moved out here. So we didn't know anybody. Um So, yeah, and then, um, as I say, I went to the school and got to know people there. Um, But I guess from that point of view, um, I I knew that – I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, teaching the kids is is really – it's it's really quite powerful, you know. You see – but I did it for five years, and at the end of that five years – you do the same thing because there's only a certain amount of level of swim swimming. You can teach that age of kid. Right. So you go through the process quite regularly. So so for me, I was getting to a point that I knew it wasn't my passion. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I'll always have that qualification that I can can always teach. Um, But it wasn't my passion. And then COVID Struck. So I'm jumping about a little bit here, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was COVID that really gave me the kick to go, right? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do now? Because I couldn't work. The pool was shut. Yeah. I pretty, I pretty much didn't work for two years. Right. And, the, and the key cool. from that for me was, and of course, there's a financial thing, but more importantly, I think, was the mental side was that actually me not being involved in something that gave me and um, so that satisfaction, and use my brain, and being able to talk to people. Um, I just, I just realised I had to do, I had to change again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's, and that, and that's how I'm here.
0: And how did it go from obviously? So you have got the swimming, you've got COVID. How did it go from then now? It so obviously running is you know ingrained in your psyche. is what we've talked about. If yeah your family and through an early age, but w- at what point was there that then sort of swimming to, right, it's good, it's, it's running because you must have been quite passionate about swimming, even though uh, I understand what you're saying. It's repetitive. It's the same age group, you know. Yes. Here, yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: So I did. I mean, I also did triathlon went around that sort of 2015 mark when I went into doing do my swim teaching. So I was kind of very interested in it and still am. Um, but I knew running, running has always been, the The thing, and and but I just didn't know I didn't know what I could do career wise. yeah that i could I could also incorporate this running. There was nothing that's that jumped out of me that and and one of the key things I think that happened was I got myself a run coach in two thousand mm. and seventeen and started working with him. Now, he has been instrumental in my performance in, you know, in, in the way I've, um, improved and, you know, and he's, he's amazing. And I think that has helped make me realize that I can help people. Um, I can help people do this. Um, you know, I've got the experience and I then went and I got my run coach qualification, which is a Scottish athletics running coach fitness qualification. Um, and I can help people do something and be passionate, you know, and actually turn up every day and be passionate about what i'm going to be talking about and i get to talk to people about running all the time yeah. i mean how, yeah. cool, is how
0: cool is that how cool is that it's like do you know what you mentioned something really interesting there which is you know the thing right and i i often you know i'm fascinated that's why i'm doing this podcast i'm fascinating with stories of transformation i'm fascinating with fascinated with store um, with people finding their thing and i think you you know we we all you know we read books on stoicism and we read books on and you know we read quotes on sort of getting to those last days of your life and you may have not or I think it was what's that book is Bronnie Ware's book isn't it the top five regrets of the dying where you you maybe get into that sort of end of your life and you haven't found that thing and you're regretting all this stuff and and I you know and that's the that's the thing is is excuse the pun. that's the thing. It's finding that thing. And when you find it, I think that's the most magical part of of transformation, because you know, I always think, and then you think, is it? Was it always there? Was it always there, underlying that thing? You know, and we go through our lives with all this stuff and all these things happening. Where really, if you strip it all down, we just want to do the thing.
1: <laughs> no, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I do, I do think it's always been there. If I'm, if I look back, and um, the other key, the other key point, and the other moment um, was actually reading Rich Rolls finding ultra yes. yeah it was it was life-changing and that again that sounds massive for a book but it totally was And i read that in 2013 mm. and that was at the point um uh, we were actually we were actually on holiday in italy in um bologna and um oh, one of
0: my favorite cities in the world but yeah carry on oh it's pretty it's
1: amazing place but it's um i was you know I was eating a lot of the wrong foods I was um I was I was drinking at that point not not massively but you yeah. know drinking and eating being on holiday and I read that book and uh, there was a moment when I just thought I'm going to give up meat eating when I get back home from this holiday and just see what happens you know and and I really do that was the start of me starting to really, I think, look after myself and start to make some very small changes over a very long period of time to get to where I am. I mean, this hasn't kind of happened overnight at all. That was, that was the key thing. And I would say that if I'm, and I'm totally honest here, is that just before that 2013 reading of that book, I think I started to think about, Um, cutting down on drinking as well at around the 2011 point. It wasn't – not that I was, you know, um, I don't like using the word alcoholic, but, you know, people understand that. Definitely not that sort of alcoholic, but definitely had the using – having a few glasses of wine after work to relax you know maybe more at the weekend you know no bother going out for lunch and having you know g and t and just and basically you know drinking to i guess relax or switch Mm. off and and what i noticed is as i got older was i wasn't bouncing back as quickly from perhaps Mm. the one or two more than i should have had and I think it was all around that time in my like my early thirties where I just thought was it my early thirties? Late thirties, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Late thirties, where I just recognized that I think I need to change something here. Yeah. Again, I couldn't quite pinpoint what all these things were and I didn't really understand it, but definitely cutting down on drinking, changing what I was eating. Um and then I think that allowed me to kind of make these other changes because yeah. I started to feel well. I started to feel better. I, I was improving. Um, I would say the biggest improvement that I saw from cutting out meat for me, and it's all very personal nutrition, mm. but I was recovering quicker from sessions from mm. running sessions. Um, I was, I was less fatigued. Yeah. Um, you know, so all these little things that was happening for me um, then gave me the, you know i wanted to improve so i got myself a run coach i then started to pretty much cut out drinking a lot of you know big periods of time i wouldn't drink for, especially leading up to a race and then perhaps i'd have a few drinks after the race and then i'll be like why did i do that i know i feel rubbish i might not have had a lot to drink but it definitely it doesn't allow you to keep the consistency." and that's what i've absolutely loved about um going alcohol free is that the consistency it gives me and it it goes back to the start of our conversation doesn't it 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 allows me to sleep it allows me to make good nutrition choices i never have a hangover where i think oh god i just want some chips you know all those little things so
0: it all starts compounding doesn't it and that's the thing it's these little things um, that the little things that you do the little things that you discover that then good things that then compound into more good things and I love I love the way you say there that you know your journey takes time I think that's really important to anyone who's sort of listening and is that even though we talk about timelines really quickly I'll go in from this transition this corporate life to this this life and everything's great. I think underneath that there is always a long period of time that sometimes we we sort of you know we we, 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 we forget how long that process took, and I think that that timing um, is really really, really important. Because and what you're saying is it's almost like I'm, I feel like I'm in a mirror talking to myself here. Rich roll, uh, rich roll, running ultra 2013. For me, um, it was. Because you know, the first time I'd ever heard somebody talk about that there is another way, and that's the yeah. beauty of Rich and that that book and that you know audio book and that story and that journey is that there, there is there's another way because I never knew there was another way. Um, yeah. It was always like, right, the three-stage process to life, education, career, retirement, done, you know, and then you suddenly listen to Rich and you're like, actually, there's another way and it's going into subconscious and you're, you're reading this book and you're going, wow, and actually, and then you can, wow, if someone feels like that through giving up meat and they, they go going long distance running and they take alcohol out of their life and it's all, then you go on your own journey, but the, the you know, and it, it's beautiful, but the, the thing is, is yes, it, it does take time.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean we what are we? 2023? 20, and yeah. you know, that's so that's ten years to get yeah. to get to the point. And I mean, I was saying to you just before we started recording that I have had the best season or year of um yeah. running I've ever had. And that didn't happen overnight. I've, I've just done personal best in every single distance that I've. I've and that, you know, I'm really super proud of that. I've put a lot of work, yeah. a lot of hard work into that. I've committed, um, and just, you know, starting my coaching business. It's been a very, very busy year, and I'm super proud of that. But it's taken time, and yeah. you don't just yeah. get there overnight. And, and do you
0: find um, that? Um, having a good year and achieving a lot of pbs and a lot of success within within running and within your 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 own sort of running races do you feel that is because you are a coach and you almost got this uh, level of accountability around an integrity and around walking the walk and you know uh practicing what you preach yeah. and, and stuff you know um do, do you think there's something in that
1: um it could well be that i didn't go into this year doing it for that reason at all because i'd got mm. my goals all planned out anyway yeah. um but what had happened for me is that so when i um fraser my coach I, when i started working in, with him in 2017 i saw improvements pretty much mm. immediately but mm. then um covid came into 2020 all the races obviously for pretty much two years uh 18 months like disappeared so we've got loads of plans um for what i wanted to do and but what it actually gave me and again it's seeing the positive in that is that i went out and just spent hours on the hills and did some virtual things for myself virtual races i actually did like a 50k just around the village um wow. which, i know i know it's, it's, a, 50, a, no, it's a 50k i, I did <laughs> actually just a 50k but it was, um, yeah um <laughs> But I actually made sure that that year was again all that eighteen months was productive for me. But I used it in a different way because I had to because like everybody else, yeah. everything just went out of the calendar. But what it also um, uh, what also happened is so when I started my coaching business, I had all these sort of I guess um events that you know the PBs weren't actually a reflection of where I was at. So basically this year has done that, I think. It has right. allowed me to kind of go, actually, this is where I am. I'm only gonna I am gonna get better yeah. um and faster. Um but yes it's definitely it's um nice to be able to say from my point of view I've been there, I've done that, I've been at that yeah. level, I've been yeah. at that particular pace, I've but I've worked through this and you know and actually being being able to um, talk people through how to get from A to B, and yeah. just I've been there. I've got I've got the experience.
0: Yeah, which is which is super super powerful. And as you're probably finding, and I find, and it's it's more than the qualification, right? It's the experience is outweighs, and yes. the journey outweighs any sort of formal qualifications. So, in terms of just transition, um, life transitions that that people go through running to one side for a moment obviously you've been on a similar journey of change to me is there any sort of you know advice that you would sort of or wisdom that you would you would sort of just say now in terms of how to start that process of change or if you're in that messy middle or, or you know because it's it's, it's it's you know you mentioned with food it's, it's a personal thing right
1: very much so i my my first thought there was focus on one thing Mm. and make that the focus so for me when I stopped drinking in 2019 I literally for the first 12 months that's that's all I focused on I still ran and I still move my body but i didn't think about trying to change my nutrition more than i was doing i just stuck that um, and made sure that was the same because trying to think about one thing that's you know because that's life that's life-changing because we're especially with alcohol um everything that we do is really i mean you celebrate with alcohol you um commiserate um everything that we do in a three six five early cycle there's alcohol involved so for me it was it was even though i wasn't drinking a lot when i got to that point of giving up it was just being able to navigate the social yeah. elements and yeah. Um, so focus on that one thing whether it be food whether it be changing career whether it would be um you know moving the body more often than you'd like to focus on that and make it the most important yeah. thing
0: yeah yeah agree agree it's that yeah that one thing and then once you've sort of yeah you've kind of mastered that or you're on a really you know you're in a good place with that yeah you know, whereas and the it, it, the doorways i think then just sort of like naturally open up for the next thing and then the next thing and yeah. then it's,
1: it's and taking small steps day. yeah
0: that's and it along, along exactly. the way. Exactly. And, what is the, there's so much we haven't touched on, but what does the, um, what's the future hold for Claire And Is it, you know, cause we haven't, we haven't mentioned the word ultra runs and stuff and you know, I'm kind of like, Oh, what's good. Is there a biggie coming up? What's, what's the future for Claire on a, bun you know? T- t- okay. <laughs>
1: um, well, um, I do, I have done ultras. So okay. You've done ultras. Yeah, 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 but, um, yeah. ultras done are, that. Been there, done that. I, I haven't <laughs> mentioned it, um, but yeah, ultras are a... In fact, ultras are my, probably my goat, like where my favorite is my favorite thing because it's usually off road, usually hilly. That's where I train a lot of the times. That's what I do. Um, However, saying that, um, what's the future? Yes, there are some ideas there at the moment. <laughs> However, um I am uh I've got quite a big thing going on in March. I'm signed up to trek to Everest base camp wow. with okay. a group of people, which I'm super excited about because mm. it's one, it's completely different to running. And, you know, I think it is good to push ourselves um and do these other things. And for me, the um the big thing there will be to actually be slowing down because it's at altitude we have to slow down at altitude and yeah. um and i have to carry a massive backpack right. so you know my training has already started i was out last week with my new rucksack and things and going up the hill with the snow and things so oh. you know that's the big thing on the horizon for me is every space camp in march
0: right okay i'm super jealous already <laughs> i think on that on that note um yes um my um is it fomo isn't it my fomo's raging i want to i want to yeah i want to get on that sort of trajectory at some point but um brilliant claire well listen Thank you for coming so much for coming on um, and sharing your journey with us, and you know everything around around um, being a running coach. And um, yeah, I think on that note, getting you back on after the uh, after the trek to Everest would be uh, would be the right thing to do. Um, and where can people find you? What's the it's uh, what's the best way of of, of getting hold of you?
1: okay so um my instagram is claire Mac run coach i'm pretty active on instagram um i'm just claire mccaskill on facebook um and my website is beyond Beyondrunning.co.uk.
0: beyond yeah. okay, love okay yes. brilliant claire all right well thank you so much um look forward to uh continuing to watch your journey and um yeah thanks for coming on
1: no thank you for inviting me i've had a Good good time, thank you.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Claire. Speak soon.
1: Okay, bye.